Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow We serve him, and uh, and that's why we have the catch, and that's why we have Catch Blog Talk Radio to help us do that, and to help us learn from people who are out in the world, and in many ways uh, seeking to make a difference in in the culture, and uh, that's what we're excited about. We we don't. Uh, you know, we are not, even though some of us now are getting older, we are not waiting around for the Lord to come back. That is not what we're all about. And um, we are we are all about finding out what he wants us to do all the way to the end. And one of the things we believe here at The Catch is that God wants us to be an encouragement and to come alongside and help uh, younger people, uh, especially uh, millennials who are seeking uh, to serve the Lord. And we see a lot of similarities uh, in, in millennials today, similarities to where we were at when uh, in our generation, when we were 20 and 30 years old. Um, the Jesus movement, uh, a society that was was uh, convulsive, the, uh, the civil rights, the racial unrest, the war in Vietnam, boy, everything was exploding all over the place. And my goodness, uh, I look at the newspaper today, and uh, here we are again, and I see a lot of similarities. So we're here to help encourage um, a lot of the younger people. To uh, I know it's different. It's not it's not the same world it was for us, but some of the things are similar, and that's where we hope that we can connect. And uh, our guest tonight is a perfect example of this. He is a, a, a millennial from Portland, Oregon, and uh, he. Is uh, works with as a program specialist for Multnomah County Department of Human Services. He uh, is vice president of a union of over 3,000 workers, where they seek to uh, reach especially the disenfranchised and and uh, those who have been shut out of uh, society versus uh, due to racial and other uh, things. So we are, um, this guy is really connected 
and very much involved with um, the needs, the real needs of people in in the world around him and in his city especially. So we're going to have a great discussion uh, right now. I hope that uh, that you won't go away and that you would welcome, please welcome our guest, uh, Raymond De Silva. Raymond, welcome to Block Talk Radio, The Catch. Sean, thank you uh, for the kind inter- introduction. And, and first and foremost, as a representation of the millennial generation, uh, thank you for coming alongside of us to encourage, uh, to inspire, and to really walk with us side by side right now. This is such an important time for for generations to merge and to reflect and to really seek uh, where God is moving in our land mm-hmm. in, in these times. Raymond, tell us in a nutshell, boy, things have... Uh... Things have heated up, have they not? In, say, the last maybe even uh, four weeks, four to six weeks, of course, you can go back to the uh, the uh, George Floyd incident in Minneapolis as being a real catalyst for starting all kinds of uh, movements in this country. What What's going on? You're right in the middle of a, of a, of a city. And you've got your fingers on a lot of the pulse of, of especially some of the younger people and the needy people. Uh, what what do you think is happening? I know that's a general big question, but just take it wherever you want to take it, and kind of give us a picture of of what's going on in the world right now. It's a good question, and it's a question that, uh, as a Portlander. And a millennial, I'll give you my perspective from what I'm seeing. Um, in each region, there's there's different things that God is doing, how he's healing the land, bringing people together for for a purpose. Uh, partic- but particularly in my in my hometown, Portland, Oregon, here in the Pacific Northwest, what I'm seeing on the ground level is uh, people that follow Jesus. And in the community, wrestling with God. And hmm. I've never seen this before, just, uh, just, as, just as Jacob wrestled for the blessing of God. I, I see uh, different people groups wrestling for justice, wrestling for righteousness, and looking for practical ways to move forward. But even in the practicality, um, we are still in a time of, of racial unrest. I believe uh, tonight will be the 82nd day uh, since George Floyd's uh, murder that mm-hmm. there will be continued uh, protest in our streets. Wow. Um, wow. Uh... It's interesting to hear you talk uh, uh, about Jesus and in the midst of all of this, and uh, that that makes me very excited. Uh, um, here's what I, I want you uh, I want to know about though, because you are not you are not in a religious uh, environment. You, uh, from what I can tell, uh, now you have you have formed this group. Uh, 
in uh, in in worship. Um, but that's that's something you did on your own, and uh, I don't see that you are uh, representing any kind of church or or Christian organization, and yet you you, you are serving in the context of of the city and and of a union and all these things and yet yet you're able to talk freely about jesus is that something that you see as new is that something you can do are you are you free to to talk about jesus or do people get upset or uh, or is it a little bit like it used to be for us 50 years ago when we talked about jesus everybody actually wanted to hear about it <laughs> you know what <laughs> Portland has been known for so many things, and I think uh, just as perhaps a hundred years ago to even right now, uh, you say the name of Jesus, and there's resistance. And uh, as a follower of Jesus, um, I am in the secular. I am in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. I'm in government. I'm in labor, in unions, as a union officer, vice president. But the thing that grounds me in all that is my walk with God. And I think that is where I've been able to have the patience to see the signature of God in my life. Did I think that I would be going on this path? I didn't. But in the pro- in that process, I was able to walk with Jesus and to ask him questions of how to really seek the kingdom of God in the workplace. Are you um, able to partner with, with others who are also following Jesus? Uh, in, in my day to day roles um, by a, an employee of, of the County and the, and the unions in that aspect, I, I don't uh partner with faith-based organizations directly but it's but it's in those spaces of of being with the marginalized being with the oppressed um i see jesus and that's where where god has used me is when people have felt invisible i see them because i believe that's the gaze of jesus of seeing those that are heard and devalued and uh, through those experiences uh, in the secular and in government, um, uh, th- there, was, there, there was a call of God to ask me, create sacred spaces for worship and intercession, and to really focus on repairing belonging and reestablishing trust between ethnic groups where, where there's been a racial divide. And that's been the formation of this worship storyteller experience called in-city worship. Uh, and it is all about bringing cultures, ethnic groups, all to seek forgiveness and to reconcile our city. And it's more so a spiritual discipline where we do this annually every year for the past four years to seek justice, to seek righteousness, but from a biblical perspective, how God sees it. So tell us a little bit more now about in-city in worship. Uh, what actually is that? 
So in-city worship is a space where people come together where perhaps where there's been mistrust. It, it began uh, about four years ago where there was a lot of local and national racial unrest related to uh, the epidemic of young black men dying in the streets and also uh, the retaliation uh, of a police brutality and to really to be uh, in that tension of our in faith in that tension of conflict but at all times centered in love so with that uh, me and some of my friends were we were like hey let's let's put on a worship space that brings people together to begin to heal. Um, that's that's a, such a uh, strategic, mm. instrumental posture to to experience restorative worship. It's not always a worship that is praise and high lifting per se, but it's mm. really have this humility to connect the generations, connect the ethnic groups, to really start blurring the lines where when we pray and dance and worship together, we actually begin to heal. Mm. And through that, we actually become one in God. And ultimately, from that response to worship, it's the uh, starting point of let's learn how to begin loving each other again. So each year we've had these annual worship spaces and now we're also hosting these weekly online dialogues to discover or perhaps uh, rediscover how do we begin loving each other like Jesus has called us to do. Well, that's great. Who do you see uh, participating in this so far? Uh, Through the times that we've been uh, meeting through the worship, uh, it's, it's been a beautiful experience. Uh, as just a couple weeks ago, we had our virtual in-city worship. Uh, a, a worship pastor by the name of Lamont Williams, he is an African-American uh, gospel singer, and also mm-hmm. my friend uh, Brant Kalella, who's the worship pastor at the Collective Church, and also uh, Alyssa Fitchie, a worship leader as well, where you you can you could see uh, just the historical uh, context of of here's gospel music, but here's also contemporary worship. But to see them, to, but to see them playing together and merging the genres and and sharing their heart for restorative worship uh, to Jesus has been a very transformational moment for them to continue to learn how to. Uh, love God and also just relationally love each other. And through, through that example, we've been having a really diverse uh, uh, online dialogues for the past couple of weeks of, of different generations and ethnic groups talking about what's the roots of racism? Uh, what does it look like to be an ally today? Um, later tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, Sikh kingdom uh, justice and righteousness as the next generation. And it's all around the context of uh, repairing belonging 
restoring trust, and also uh, just to really focus on how do we begin loving each other again. Wow. Wow. Do you ever, uh, in your in your secular business uh, and responsibilities in in town, and then and and then with your faith, do you ever see any conflict? Uh, with those, are you able to? Um, are, you able, are you able to work them together, um, side by side? Talk to me a little bit about that. The most important thing that I see, probably from the eyes of a millennial, it's it's the depth of a relationship that matters. And I really believe the depth of a relationship uh, brings a true, true reconciliation. And as I walk uh, streets of Portland or my um, in the city, really about the the fullness and the richness of relationships that are that are around. And and through that, I don't necessarily see the con of my faith because uh, people, the community, my friends, my family, they have actually gotten to know me as a person. We actually have built that relationship. It's all, it's, it's gone through the fire, John, where it's been tested, tried and true. And to really be certain is, is Raymond really for me? Is Raymond really there going to be willing to be there when, when the times get tough and hard? Is are we able to take that risk together? And it's all about having that relationship where through repairing that trust, uh, I've been able to walk my whole faith in Jesus and not necessarily really hide it, to kind of be open about it, like, this is my spiritual background. This is where I'm coming from in my in my style of communication and my and the way that I I have relation cross cultural ethnic relations with each other, and and through that mutual respect, I haven't really experienced much of that tension in that way. Is there a spirit of like of oppression and racism over uh, the land that I live? Yes, but uh, the people groups, whether they are they know it or not they're really wrestling with God and they're really wrestling for justice and the heart of it, that is the heart of God because it's the foundations of his throne, justice and righteousness. And uh, we're doing that here as a community and city. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. Um, As a, talk to me uh, as a, as a white person, Okay. Um, what, you know, I think the thing I've noticed about Black Lives Matter and uh, a lot of the, the marches that have been going on, quite, quite a, white people are getting involved. And um, it's almost like there's been a waking up and people are beginning to at least see that, uh, you know, just to say, well, God is colorblind and we're all the same, 
is really not a way to understand or listen. And that, no, we really aren't all the same. And uh, for 400 years, things have been a lot different for uh, one, one group of people or one color of, of people. And, and how can we possibly understand that? And I, I think there's a lot of, you know, in other words, there, there's a lot of unconscious racism uh, the, I would call them the unknown or unconscious sins of racism uh, among white people um, what what can we what can, <laughs> it's a terrible question but what can we do about this um, how do you how do you change so many years uh, of ingrained ways of thinking um, talk about that a little bit so with every movement, there's always different uh, groups. Um, the thing that is most recent that folks can probably relate to is the civil rights movement. In that movement, you had the Black Panthers, you had the Nation of Islam, and you also had Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, the, the gospel of Jesus and love. And uh, to today we have... Um, the Black Lives Matter movement, and there are uh, just as different splinter uh, uh, groups that are involved. You, here in Portland, um, it's we're known for anarchy. It's where it mm -hmm. originated. Uh, we have different. Uh, uh, there, we've been known just in the news of the mothers creating create a wall for safety at the protests. Um, we also have. Don't Shoot Portland, a nonprofit for black lives uh, against police brutality. So there's all these different um, uh, sub-movements and, and also people wa wanting and desiring, ju desiring justice. But as a follower of Jesus, it's always asking, what is God's heart and what does he want? And I, in my in my time of doing justice work, and in during a time uh, of 2020 where there is a justice quake for our nation and for uh, for the multi generations right now that are being formed, is I believe it's a time where not a gospel of of salvation is not a gospel of grace, but it's a gospel of kingdom. And it's really looking how to uh, seek righteousness uh, where it's sustainable and long-term and to really bring clarity and expectations for the faith of God as children of God to really go back to how we begin love each other. And through, through the ministry of reconciliation, we sometimes have to have those clear expectations how to love because culture is important to the translation of love. We have to be able to have the uh, cultural humility to understand someone else's background that's different from you to love them. We have to go at the speed of belonging. And in, and in that, uh, we, we can see these not that it's Raymond, yes. Raymond, I'm not sure uh, you're breaking up a little bit. 
Um, I'm not sure if there's anything you can do about that. Maybe uh, I just wanted to mention that we missed about uh, the last two couple sentences. Got it. Hopefully you could hear me a, a, a little bit better uh, now. Okay. But uh, the the important aspect is it's almost having the expectations of how do we love each other. And by learning how to love each other, it's also having the cultural humility to understand someone else's different uh, yeah. uh, heritage, ethnic background, their family lineage of how they want to be loved and what love means to, to them. And I think that's where we have to start beginning to have that relationship to do that work and also to, to separate the, the separate the politics but also the value black bodies, the value black men and women and to trust and hear their stories and embrace the, the inequities and the injustices that they have experienced and to come alongside of them because that's where I believe Jesus would be walking with them side by side. Okay. That's great. Um, that helps a lot. Uh, gosh. I want to talk just a, a little bit um, about uh, uh, about millennials, we, we we're really, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, um, uh, we are really excited about the millennials who are with us, and we 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 want to reach out to more, and uh, we're 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 really looking for a connection to, that that we feel in many ways uh, connects with some of our roots as boomers in the 70s, late 60s and 70s. So tell me a little bit about uh, how, how do how do millennials see uh, our country right now? How do they see it? I'm sure differently than we see it. Um, I know that's a very general question, but but uh, just love to hear what what you might say about that. Uh, just just like much of our of our right now, uh, uh, geographically. And even as a nation, uh, we're polarized. We're mm. polarized politically. We're polarized relationally between ethnic groups. We're polarized even how uh, we treat each other and even what we see in the media and what we read. Um, you, you see it glaring in the Raymond? volume. Yes. Raymond, I, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you because I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Are you saying that that even within millennials, there is this polarization? Uh, yeah, there is that polarization effect uh, in millennials. When, we, wow. when you think about it even geographically or even, even in subgroups, uh, there is uh, that, that after effect right now where there, we are living in a time where there is a a justice quake, and in that justice quake, that ripple effect, Sean, is there. There, our 
there are aspects of divide that is happening right now in, in what I would say how some feel like they disrupt uh, this unrest right now. And in that disruption, uh, millennials are also trying to figure out what is my response right now. And part and part of that response of millennials, and I think it's I think it's common to boomers as as well. We we get each other. It's the ability to speak truth to power, and what I mean by that is, it's calling out. I see the injustice. I see the inequity. I just need to start off by acknowledging it even exists. And even uh, with that, I'm seeing this, uh, I'm seeing early stages of grassroots movements of where millennials really want to care, where I would almost use the phrase, it's a youthful righteousness, where mm. they want to make things right. Um, and, part, and part of making things right, uh, and I think this is a constructive love feedback from millennials, is although they have a can-do attitude and let's, let's do it, it's almost sometimes the millennials lack the, the patience for once. And second, it's also the wisdom to do it. Because once you speak truth to power, what's next? It's, that, it's, the, it's the gospel of the kingdom. It's that, it's that, right, it's that righteousness to create constructs to create constructs that are actually um, make a long-term impact where it's actually a spiritual discipline, but it's also a construct of organizations that actually move this work forward of helping the marginalized, uh, loving the oppressed, and to really uh, being justice focused. And I've never seen a time where millennials, call on their lives to do so than ever right now. Mm. Boy, that's great. That's good news. Uh, yeah, I, you, you may have, you may have already answered my, my, my last and final question, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway, and maybe you can uh, uh, carry it a little further. What, what, as you look at the scene right now, what are you hopeful about? When I look at my peers, the young generation, and when I look out to the nation, I am hopeful that there will be a time where we see the signature of God of what he's trying to do right now, where there has been a generational gap that we start to bridge it with God's love, and where particularly where there's been a, uh, missteps and harm in the church that we start to see the marginalized and the oppressed, where we start to see the power of, of Matthew 3 of the Beatitudes and to really to see the kingdom of God is with the oppressed. It is with those that have uh, experienced injustice and to see the generations and also the ethnic groups 
to start to heal together as we wrestle and to seek God with justice and righteousness that is grounded in Jesus. Hmm. That's my hope and prayer and what I see in the coming days, John. It may hmm. start out as a small remnant right now because mm-hmm. that's how sometimes the Lord moves. But in, but in, but in that work, if the millennials and the boomers and all these ethnic groups have the patience and also the intentionality to begin to love in that discomfort, I believe we're going to be entering a season where we'll be start hearing phrases, heal the land, mm. heal the people. And mm. that time of healing and the ministry of reconciliation is something that I believe we can all look forward to as children of God. Well, Raymond, I can't thank you enough. This is this has truly been wonderful, and uh, I, I I really love the. It's a brief picture, but you've given us a uh, an amazing picture of of um, well of trouble and uh, upheaval, but uh, a great picture of hope too. So, gosh, this is great. Thank you so much, and I'm I'm sure that we will be talking more. I'd love to have you back and uh, we can get into some of these things more specifically, but uh, know that we'll be praying about you and about uh, your, your ongoing work, um, especially uh, within city worship. And, and uh, I pray God blesses uh, everything that you, uh, you are, you are doing about there. And uh, let's, uh, let's keep in touch. That's all I can say. This is great. Uh, John, thank you again for the invitation. We'll love to come back and and share more uh, with you. And uh, thanks again for uh, coming alongside of me and the millennial generation to see God to begin to complete what he's called us us to do together. Great. I'm excited. Thank you so much, Raymond, and and God bless. Talk to you. Talk to you later. What do you think of that? Wonderful. Uh, very real picture of things going on. Morgan. Somebody on the inside. This is it again. Goodbye, too fast. And uh, see what the Lord would have to do. Where, where can you help? Where can you listen? cultural humility values goes around. The part of this justice thing. This is good. So, listen, we'll join you again next week. Don't talk radio. Don't miss it. Getting better and better. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.